Today's gospel reading is a continuation of last week's reading. Jesus attended the Shabbat services in the synagogue in Nazareth where he lived. He was handed a scroll from the prophet Isaiah and unrolled the scroll to the passage he wanted. Keep in mind that back then there was, there was no numerical system of dividing chapters and verses. You had to know where your text was. Jesus read the text he wanted, rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the synagogue attendant, and sat down. An action that everyone in that synagogue knew meant that Jesus, a worker of miracles in other towns, and a carpenter in their own was about to teach them. And he said, today the scripture passage has been fulfilled in your hearing. He quoted from the text of Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 through 2 that spoke of a jubilee year celebrated every 50 years in which all debts were forgiven and ancestral properties were returned to the original families. Israel then was to be delivered from its slavery and be returned to God, and its debt of sin was to be wiped out. The people were spellbound by the graciousness of Jesus' words, but there was a problem brewing. Their expectations. They were anticipating a political messiah who would end Roman occupation and restore the kingdom of David. Take a look at their question. Isn't this the son of Joseph? And look to whom they asked the question. To each other. Not to Jesus. Their assumptions about Jesus were absolute. They were truth, beyond question. Do we do something similar? Do we rely on each other's assumptions, each other's ignorance as truth? They tried to squeeze Jesus into their assumptions to force the divine to conform to the finite. Do our assumptions about the Lord corral us into doing something similar? Jesus, because he is God, knew their thoughts. He knew they had questions about why he worked miracles elsewhere, but not in Nazareth. And he revealed the thoughts, saying, Surely you will quote me the proverb, Physician, cure yourself and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. But he couldn't. Their insistence on clinging to their assumption that Jesus was the son of Joseph closed them off to the reality of who Jesus was. And when you, we do that, we shut ourselves off from what the Lord wants to do for us. He wants to do incredible things for us. But when we pigeonhole him, when we box him in, he can't do anything for us. 
Jesus gave them two examples of how his father defies assumptions and expectations by showing mercy to pagans rather than his own people. A miraculous supply of grain and oil during a three-year drought to a starving widow and her son in Zarephath and Sidon, and curing a Syrian leper named Naaman. Their pagan gods could not help them because their deities had no existence. The people Jesus referred to were utterly helpless and hopeless. Sometimes it is only when we hit rock bottom, when we are stripped of everything, we are open to the unveiling of divine mercy. Did you notice how quickly the mood in that synagogue changed? From speaking highly of him and being amazed at the gracious words from his mouth, they were now what? Filled with fury, drove him out of the town, even ready to hurl him down headlong over the cliff on which their village was built. Have there been times when we were disappointed with the Lord, angry at him? Are we perhaps going through such a time right now? Very often, people of faith can so entrench themselves in their faith that they use it to dictate terms to the Lord, what he can and cannot do, what he must be and what he cannot be, what he must do, what he cannot do. Their faith becomes like hardened concrete encapsulating them. Faith, however, calls us to be as fluid as the air, open to the mysterious movement and working of the Lord, understanding that he is perfectly capable of working outside of his covenant, outside of his church, with anyone, anywhere, at any time he desires. And when he does, our response should be one of awe and thanksgiving. All too often, however, our response is one of jealousy. Why him and not me? I go to church, he doesn't. Of being betrayed by the Lord. Is this how you reward all my hard work and all my prayers and all the contributions I make? Anger. When the Lord violates our expectations. If this is how you treat me, I want nothing to do with you. I first experienced the danger of, of imposing expectations on Jesus when my father died. I was 16. We were in the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. It was night. We suddenly collapsed. I ran to get help begging God to do something. God didn't. And I remember feeling very betrayed by God as I had to help pick out the casket and went through all the rituals of death. I stopped going to church. I stopped praying. But I did not stop 
searching for answers. It took years before I began to realize I had no right to place any expectations on Jesus except the one revealed in Scripture, that he loves me no matter what. But divine love is not a good luck charm that wards off bad things. Divine love offers an invitation, whatever life's circumstances, to enter more deeply into a personal relationship with the Lord, and through that relationship, openness to the mystery that all the struggles of life, all of life's setbacks, all of one's personal failures, all the betrayals we experience from others, and even all the moments of God's silence and all the tragedies shall find their ultimate meaning. I couldn't hear that invitation for years because I allowed my expectations of the Lord and my disappointment in him to dominate me and allowed myself to be carried off in all kinds of directions by the chaos swirling around me. When I allowed myself to listen, very gradually, life began to change. I now know that if it were not for my father's death, my disappointment in the Lord, the years of searching and all the struggles, I would not have made the choices I did that slowly led me into the Catholic Church and then much later hear and accept the call to be a priest. The only expectation we can have of Jesus is what he reveals. His love for us is absolute. It is eternal. And it makes all things new.